This is the Truth Network. Bible Wonders of Habakkuk. Oh, the wonders God has shown me in the psalmic verse of the third chapter of the prophet Habakkuk. Oh my goodness, um, the miracles that are involved, what a power the letter psalmic is, and I think you're going to delight in this with me. I, I am so grateful that God showed me what he did with this verse. So the 15th letter in the Hebrew alphabet is the letter psalmic. And that letter is a circle, if you were to look at it, and it has to do with this phenomenal power that is beyond anything we can understand. It has to do with gravity. It has to do with unity. It has to do with the stone rolled away. There are just a lot of things in this whole idea of the wheel. Um, but most of all, it's, it's an upholding force, and uh, you're going to see that so much in this particular verse. So the 15th verse reads in the King James Version, Thou didst walk through the sea with thine horses, through the heap of great waters. So beautiful, beautiful verse. <laughs> and, you know, there isn't a whole lot written on this verse that I could find that, was, that intrigued me near as much as the verse intrigued me. So when I immediately, where God took me, the Holy Spirit took me when I read this, was like, oh, well, this is Jesus walking on the water, and the horses are his disciples, just like um, you, you may remember that when the prophet Elisha, when, when he was selected by Elijah, um, he, he was plowing with 12 oxen. <laughs> and this idea of being supported, uh, the idea of the letter horse is somic, uh, yud somic, okay? Here's this phenomenal upholding, like, if you go look at the verses in the 119th Psalm on the letter of Psalmic, it starts out with uphold me, right? And, and Or it doesn't start out that way. But you'll see that that's where it goes, is uphold me, hold me up. That That's everything to do with the letter Psalmic. And that's what horses do, is they hold you up. But they're also this fierce something to be reckoned with. And, you know, the last verse in the Psalmic version of the Psalmic section of the 119th Psalm, says, my flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I'm afraid of thy judgment. In other words, here is this tremendous force of the letter Psalmic. And so, of course, these horses are in the midst of these great waters. And so you can't help but wonder, what are the waters? Well, if you look in, seven, in, in Revelation 17, I believe it's verse 15, it talks about the waters are the nations, right? And so I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but this really pointed me to this, you know, one of the burning questions for so many people is, why did Jesus walk upon the waters? Well, it's interesting. In the Psalms, it talks about he treads on the waves. And in the book of Job, specifically chapter 9, verse 8, there again, it says that, 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 that God would, would tread upon the waves. And so here we see that the Jesus, you know, again, the day that, 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 that Jesus walked on the water, if you read in Matthew, you'll see there was a tremendous wind that came up and there were tremendous waves, which are these heaps of waters. And again, getting back to, you know, Revelation 17 and, and, and the idea of this being the nations and they rise up as waves. And, and that idea of heaps that is described here in the, in the Habakkuk verse is this idea of these great waves because they're a gathered water that's coming together as a force, Right. But Jesus has authority all over all that. The beautiful thing, <laughs> as Jesus would tell us at the end of Matthew, that he has 
complete authority over everything. And so he has authority over the waters. He has authority over the, the, the seas, but he also has authority over all the nations. And so he can walk upon those waters. And when you think about the story of Peter, you know, Peter had faith to walk out upon the waters, but then he doubted. <laughs> and, and of course, the good news is, is Jesus told us in the Great Commission, right? He says, all authorities on earth has been given to me. But he says, and lo, I'm with you even till the end of the age. And that was a thing. Peter reached out his hand and Jesus was right there to pull him back out. So, you know, my as I thought about this verse and the simple application for this verse, um, as, as I think about that Jesus here is, it's being prophesied to me that Jesus is going to walk upon the nations. And he's going to do this with his horses. And again, you can interpret that as you like, but I love the idea of the 12 disciples. And again, all the disciples then, because he said, go make disciples of all nations. And so that's you and me. And we can get out on top of the nations, right? And and we can begin to teach and do that, which we were called to do, which was make disciples, which means that we got to take authority over the waters to an extent we got to take authority over all the forces that come against us and as they come up in heaps guess what jesus is right there with us all we have to do is reach out our hand isn't that beautiful so how does that play out in your life <laughs> you know that again the idea is when you have got jesus when you've got a hold of jesus like you know you are a force to be reckoned with okay you are one of those horses and and there is nothing can stop you and the perfect example for me is always on the radio. And, and I think about how uncomfortable I was when I first started doing this. Because I, I really, when God called me to start my radio show, I was not at all comfortable with public speaking, believe me. And I, I, I when Stu, and I went to Stu and he said, yeah, this is a great idea. I want you to start this Saturday. I expected him or somebody to be there to help me. And so I'd listed out these different questions that I was going to ask, but I knew that God had called me to do this. So I'm walking in faith. Okay. I'm going to go get on the radio, even though I have no idea, but Stu's going to be there to help me. Well, when I get there that morning, Stu isn't there. And all that's there is an old DJ by the name of Deacon. <laughs> and Deacon looks at me and he says, man, you must really like to talk on a radio. And I said, no. And I, I mean, he said, well, you know, you can't have no dead air. And I said, well, a bunch of people are going to call me. This is a call-in show. You know, that ego said, I ain't nobody going to call you. Nobody knows who you are. Well, you know, Jesus was right there with me. There's no doubt that he was because I preempted Tony Evans' show and, and that he has a great audience. And as soon as I ask all my questions that, you know, should you trade your car in the spring or the fall or should you take the rate or the rebate and all these different questions that I thought people would have for a car dealer, and immediately the lines lit up with Tony Evans' audience asking all these questions, you know, that, that were simple for me because once I got on the phone, it wasn't like I was public speaking. It was like I was talking to an individual. And thus, Jesus was showing me that into, when you're on the radio or even doing a podcast, you're not really talking to the nation, so to speak. You're still talking to a person, and it's no different when you begin to picture and visualize that person that you're talking to on the phone it's similar when you're out on the on the on the ocean but the good news is no matter what Jesus has a hold of your hand and so when i think about if there was a force that ever happened because of me being on the radio it wasn't robbie <laughs> yeah robbie died robbie robbie didn't want to be on the radio i can assure you that robbie wanted no part of the radio 
But the good news is I was obedient to God, and and then he made it a force to be reckoned with. And if the Christian car guy show bears fruit, is because of him, right? And 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 he's we all we do is uphold like the idea of a horse, right? We're we're just the disciples, but he he is the conquering rider that comes forth. And so I I don't know about you, but I this verse is always going to hold a special place for me. Like I think through it, I understand both Revelation and Job better, and I certainly understand Matthew. I think it's sixteen where Jesus walks on the water. I mean. That whole idea of, you know, it's in all the Gospels that Jesus is going to walk on the water. It's just in one of the Gospels, I think, where Peter walks on the water. But nonetheless, it's a wonderful thing to ponder. Why did he do it? What was he trying to teach us? And most of all, I love the fact that I can just reach out when I start falling underneath the waves, these heaps of water that are described in this verse. And right, he's right there with us. Thanks for listening.